When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by me. Streaming live on YouTube. We on Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still. We are back with another State of the Unit address. Yes, indeed. We're talking running backs. We're talking the future and the now. We're in 2023. We're trying to win, baby. Can this unit get it done? Me personally, I think so. But we're going to find out. We're going to dive into every single last running back on this roster. See who we think fits, doesn't. And is there somebody that could be on a return? <laughs> we'll get into all of it, man. What's good, Cowboys Nation? What's up? Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad! How we doing today, man? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I had to pull it out today, man. I wish I could have pulled this out on Vacha's show, but I had to pull it out today, man. And if y'all don't know what this is, then I just got one thing to say to you. Classic, man. Classic. Uh, You know, scrolling through the chat right here, man. And, and all right, so Gregory won a new intro song. Y'all let me know. I, I'll get it. I'll get a new intro song popping. But I think everybody loves the intro song. So we'll see what we do here. Uh, Adam Cole. Yes, sir. Scotty Laxon. That is my guy, Adam Cole, baby. I wish he would have stayed in NXT and WWE, but it is what it is, man. Things happen in that industry. Nonetheless, in our industry, we're going to talk about the running backs today, man. How y'all doing this morning, huh? We got the NBA draft tomorrow. Uh, Victor's going to go number one. You know, they're talking about all that. Talking about Dame Lillard possibly being traded. A lot of things happening, not on the court or field in the football. I'm sorry, in the sports world. And that's what we call, ladies and gentlemen, the dog days of sports. And I can't stand it. We are in the dog days, but we're going to keep y'all up to date as best we can and entertain with quality content here on this channel, as well as on our website, adzsportsdialist.com. And y'all know I like to do segments, and our one of our main ones are State of the Unit, and we got the running backs today. All right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into a roundup today. I wanted to save some news that broke, not broke, but came out over the weekend for this specific show because it revolves around our running back, Tony Pollard. Right? So let's do it. It's time. It's time. time. It's time. time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Jeremy Fowler, who I actually, you know, respect. 
as an insider reporter or what have you in the NFL. He came out, I think Saturday, random, random spot there, but he came out either Sunday or Saturday, somewhere over the weekend and kind of talked about Tony Pollard coming out and saying he's open to it. I don't know if he spoke to him specifically, his team, his agent, what have you. But here's the quote uh, from the ESPN article from Jeremy Fowler. He says, quote, He's in a situation, I'm told, where he's looking at this as a win-win because he's signed his franchise tag tender at the $10.1 million clip. He's coming off the ankle injury, so he's got the security regardless. But if the Cowboys want to step up and try to do a long-term deal, he's certainly open to that. Hmm. Nothing moving on that yet, but there's a lot of time before the July 17th deadline. Certainly both sides are expected to reconvene and talk about a potential long-term deal. The Cowboys would love to get this cap hit down a little bit so they could sign some other players. And quote. So I did see one contract projection uh, where they said something like three years between 27, 30 million with 15 million guarantee. If it's a three-year deal, we talked about this before. I, I say this all the time when it comes to, to contracts. There's funny money and then there's real money. There's funny years and there's real years. Any three-year deal, I think, would be amazing if he was to agree to that because you're really looking at like a two-year deal. But I think the days of the Cowboys offering big, big money to running back, I think they're over, man. I think they're over. I, I think they're, they set they reset the market with Zeke's contract, right? And they understood they probably dropped the ball on that. Uh, given no running back has since really reset it. Now, I know McCaffrey got paid, but I guess I got to throw McCaffrey in. I just look at McCaffrey a bit different. McCaffrey is one of those guys that can do the dual threat things. But even then, uh, the, the consensus around the league is really not to go that high anymore. And I don't think the Cowboys are doing it. I don't think they're going to go from one contract like that with Zeke to another one. And anything close to that, like, like, I don't think they're going to do a Zeke contract, but I don't think they're going to come close to a Zeke contract with the Tony Pollard. Now, Pat believes that that something will be in the works and they'll get something done here. I, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of caution. I don't think they'll get a long term deal done unless Tony Pollard is willing to kind of come down from his $10 million per, per year type of clip. Because, I mean, if I'm an agent, why not go into the negotiations starting at that price right per year um, unless the agent the player understands the market right now, which saw the running backs in free agency. Damn near. I mean, the guaranteed money. I think Tony Pollard got about the same amount of guaranteed money through these three and four year deals as a one year deal for Tony Pollard. So I don't think the league is going to ever get back to paying money. I shouldn't say ever things change, but these next few years, I don't think you'll see teams paying a lot of money to running backs. I don't see. And you could say because of the Zeke thing, because of the Gurley, because of uh, who's the Le'Veon Bell, right? There, there's a lot of running backs that got paid in that little pocket that it just never worked out. Bell, we saw what happened. Gurley lasted like two years and he was gone. Zeke got restructured. Uh, he, I think his restructure, he was like in the second year. Uh, now he's gone. But that's just not the way of the league anymore. That doesn't mean don't go get your back players that doesn't mean you should be upset that they're getting their back that's just the way the thing works it, 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 that's just the way it moves and 
Speaking of the way it moves. Yeah, I take a sip before this one because boy, I did not know talking about Ezekiel Elliott would touch a nerve as much as it's touched a nerve. It is, it is touched a nerve when you bring up Zeke's tenure here. I wonder if it's because people want to talk about a tribute to Zeke. People want to talk about what he once was. And, and there will be time for that, right? There will be time for that for sure. But I think when you talk about what he is, and if you can understand what he is right now, then you would understand people like me. Not, not saying there's people that say some old crazy things. But people like me, you will completely understand what I'm talking about when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. I'm telling no lies here. None when it comes in. As I stated last week, there is still a place for Zeke in this league, even if he's basically a shell of himself from his early seasons. There is the good Zeke. What he brought to the Cowboys last year. He may not be an elite player anymore, but he's an elite short yardage back. An elite goal line back. He had 10 touchdowns inside the 10 in 2022. I believe that was top two or three in the league. Right? He can be a tone setter early in the season slash games when he's healthy. We've seen him do that more often when he was early in his career. Right? He's a dependable blocker and pass pro. We understand that. We should acknowledge that. And where he probably, and I, 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 I caution myself when I say missed. But if I would say where would he be missed off the field, it could be the locker room. And the reason why I caution myself is because we've heard Coach McCarthy come out and talk about and praise the leadership that is Tony Pollard, what he's been able to do to step up. But I'd imagine he learned that from Ezekiel Elliott, you know, down at camp, you see Zeke working with TP in the backs. You you, you know what he means in the locker room, right? Like, these are legitimate good things about what Ezekiel Elliott can bring to a team now, you know, or, or, or later, whatever, right? But you have to acknowledge also what he is when you're talking about the bad. And people don't ever want to acknowledge that, you know? He wears down as the season goes on. That's just facts. That, that's not me spewing anything random out. It's not. After week six, over the last three seasons, he's averaged 3.5 yards per carry. That's not good, folks. Like, there's some people that thought his 3.8 was good. <laughs> that's not. Especially for a guy who's getting over 200 and something carries a season. Like, that's not good. Okay. And you can say, well, Sky keeps getting hurt. My point exactly. <laughs> My point, man. He's a guy that got so many carries early in his career that this isn't a 22-year-old pl player. That now, this is a guy that's probably equivalent to a 30 given the touches. So when he gets banged up, it affects him differently. He understands that. This is why he talks about, you know, finally being okay with having a guy like TP take some carries. He understands that. And then by the time you get to the playoffs, he goes missing because he's worn down. Do y'all understand how bad he's been in the playoffs the last four games? We often talk about 
Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, the defense, Dak Prescott. Like these are the guys we talk about when we talk about our playoff failures. Nobody brings up Zeke. Nobody brings up his performances in the playoffs. 2.3 yards per carry. He has not topped three yards per carry in the last four playoff games. He hasn't scored a touchdown in the last three. I'm just supposed to ignore that. I can't ignore that. Yards after contact. The last three seasons have gone drastically down. 43rd, 43rd, and 35th. This is a guy who didn't finish outside the top 20 his first four seasons. Last three, usually when you get contact, he might move forward, but it's a yard, you know? And there's times where you see some of that springy Z, usually when he's healthy. But nine times out of 10, according to data, he's going to be banged up. That's just the nature of the position and a guy that has had a ton of carries on his body. And then as we talked about before, there's the front office politics. You can't ignore that. It clearly came into play last year. For whatever reason, Malik Davis did not get a chance to be integrated in a committee approach uh, in the regular season. Thus, by the time he got to the postseason, he wasn't integrated. And I don't know what happened, but when TP went out, they did not give Malik Davis a shot. When an offense that needed some pop, that needed some pop, I think there was some sitting there and they did, they decided not to go to him. I don't know what that was about. But when there's a 17-game season plus the playoffs and you got a guy who's a hurt, worn-down guy, you should be looking, in my opinion, to be working in a third back in this situation. And the Cowboys didn't do it. So, yes, there are good things when it comes to Zeke. There are bad things when it comes to Zeke, but it's only fair that you acknowledge both of those when you're having this discussion. Uh I don't even use the term washed and all this other stuff. I don't, I don't throw that stuff out there. I, I get it. Y'all could do that. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not shaming you for it. You can call them what you want to call them. I'm just clearly providing context to the conversation when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott and why he's not on this team. But I didn't even bring up money. I didn't even bring up money, right? Like money is also a part of this thing, but just the actual production and the value he brings to your team late in the season and in the playoffs has drastically dropped, and you cannot ignore that. Now, with all of that said, you could argue, and we'll get into a couple of these players here in a second, you could argue that goal line thing, the short yardage thing, that is something the Cowboys have not do not have at this moment, and they, these guys have to prove it. And when I say these guys, uh, I mean these guys right here. These guys have to prove to step up in that manner. You could argue, oh, well, let's just bring him back in, in, in that role. Fine. If you can bring him back in, like I said the other day, he going to get you what? What I say about six to 11 carries tops as a goal line and short yardage. Fine. But the days of him, in my opinion, being a lead back in a duo committee or a duo or a committee are gone. So I have no problem giving these other guys a shot to step up. And if that does not work out, then you investigate what's out there. And if it's Zeke, it's Zeke. He's out there as well. So now we go into camp looking to find a complimentary back to our new guy, TP. Because he's the lead dog now. I'm the captain now. And you hope they learn from their mistakes 
in the past by running a guy like Ezekiel Elliott into the ground and getting to the playoffs and trying to count on him, right? So let me say this and let me say this clearly. In fact, I'm going to turn the music off for this. Make no mistake about this, Cowboys Nation. Pollard being a lead back, a featured back, does not and should not equate to being a worse horse workhorse back. I'll repeat that. Pollard being a lead back and a featured back does not and should not equate to being a workhorse back. Okay? I'm not asking for TP to get 25 to 27 touches a game. He's just the lead guy in the group. In my opinion, that's the best way that the Cowboys should approach this. So when you get to the playoffs or you get in these big spots, then you can give your best player to rock 20, 20 plus times a game because you've got three. I got to win three games, right? But throughout a 17 game season, you do not want your running back to be touching the rock 375 times, 400 times, whatever it was Zeke was getting early in his career. You don't want that. So who steps up? We'll get to it and we'll get into it here in a second, but uh, for some odd reason, Toxic slash All In Tom called in early. What you got for us today, Tom? Good, good morning, Sky. And I'll just want to put this preface out there. If you're a Zeke fan, you don't want you might want to turn down your volume. <laughs> there is no way in hell I would bring back Ezekiel Elliott. No way. No how. I don't want to see Zeke with his fupa running out there for a cloud of dust and then just just look at him play. Sir. And if you were and like if he were a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagle his whole career, would you want to bring Zeke back to this to this team? Hell no. Hey, like, Toxic, you wanted something about that. Cause I feel like if he played for a rival team, you would be you would definitely be saying some issues. But go ahead. I just and it's funny because this, and there's a lot of fans out there, and I get it, but y'all make more excuses like like an ex that keeps cheating on you, and yet you keep thinking it's going to be different. It's not going to change. It has been proven that running backs, as they <laughs> approach the age of 30, they start to decline. And Zeke made his money. It's not like that they paid him, you know, seven seventy five in a in a honey bun and tell him to go on his way. He made his money. Yeah. So. He did his role. He looks like a running back that touched the ball over around 2,000 times, and they went as Zeke did, and what did that get them? Nothing. So the idea of that we need Zeke and that he's the only guy on this earth that can do short yardage, back, like get off, either you're smoking rocks or you didn't get jersey insurance and you're pissed that you still want to hold on to it one more year. He's not good, and I'll say it for you, washed. He looks washed he looks old and he looks like a guy that the nfl is finally catching up to his style of play that's it with zeke he can come back as rowdy other than that not interested (laughs) not interested now on Uh, to tony pollard yeah talk about i love tony Tony pollard liked him coming out of memphis (laughs) however i again would not extend him and the reason being is first off, I never would have given him the franchise tag to begin with. Secondly, mm-hmm. the people who are doing the negotiating are 
awful when it comes to extending running backs, especially marquee ones, and not just Zeke, with Marion Barber as well. I do not trust the Crypt Keeper with Rosie O'Donnell leading negotiations <laughs> that they're going to get a good deal. Your chance to do this with Tony Pollard Easy. was last year, not this year. Yeah, and I agree. Very similar I, to Steel, right? I, like, get in front of it. If you yep. wanted to keep him, you, you yep. should have. Like, Toxic, how do, you not, how do you not see this? Like, how do you not see that Tony Pollard was clearly the better back over the last two and a half seasons? And if you really wanted to keep Great. him around, you could have gotten him for a very, I, I think, reasonable price. Now, now you would have probably been Agreed. paying a shit ton of money in that room. And let me be fair to Steven and them. Maybe it was the Zeke contract, and they, they said, hey, we cannot allocate over $20 million on a cap to the running back room. That mm-hmm. could have been a possibility, too. I, I look at, and I know, that I think Landlord pointed this out, and if anyone hasn't listened to Landlord and the track house, highly encourage it. Yes. He's brought this up before, and he's talked about Tony Pollard and allocating money, and I get the whole you want to lessen your cap hit for $10 million for a single running back. That is a lot to be allocating, period. However, I am not advocating to double down on that decision. Because Tony Pollard is 26, and I think, I forget where I read this, the biggest factor to a running back's decline is not necessarily the number of touches, but the age of the running back. Around 27 to 28, give give or take, is when you start to see the gradual decline of a running back. And the general return on investment for a running back, more often than not, other than the Austin Eckler deal, which I think is an outlier. (laughs) Oh, you just, you just wait. We're going to talk about that later. It just generally doesn't work out. If you are so hell-bent on lowering your cap, you're talking about the wrong guy. Cough, cough, Dak Prescott, Trayvon Diggs, Terrence Steele. Those are the skill positions you need to get ahead of because the market is yeah, just but keeps on going up. They already lowered Dak's cap, though. They're, they're talking about lowering the cap. now. There's no cap for Tony Pollard next year. The, the Dak Prescott cap is next year's tall. Uh and then obviously Trayvon Diggs is not getting paid anything. He's getting paid pennies, so his cap hit yep. is not a, not an issue. So when Jeremy Fowler talked yep. about the cap, they're talking about you know if they can get that down. I don't. Back in the day, they used to. I think Tony's one time they gave him like so much money, it was like a one million dollar yep. cap hit. But if they can get that down to like the two or three million dollar range. Then maybe they use that seven million to go sign a Trayvon Diggs or, or what have you. But but that's kind of the cap talk they're talking about. Is right now twenty twenty three. I think I would be more on board with that if they didn't already have 20 plus million dollars in their cap already right now. Yeah. And that, and then this is like, it's a damned if you do damned if you don't, because I get the logic by wanting to lower his cap hit, but it was off of an unwise decision to begin with. So to me, it's like, okay, we need to lower a cap hit for a guy that we shouldn't have franchise tag probably to begin with. That just seems like you're doubling down on an already bad decision. And Again, love Tony Pollard. I want him to get paid. I just want another team to pay him so we can look at this like we viewed DeMarco Murray. I remember fans were pissed that they passed on DeMarco Murray. It was the pragmatic, smart decision to do, and the rest was history. I'm not saying that he's DeMarco Murray, but I think if you view this as a running back by committee, invest in your offensive line, and then pay the harder-to-find skill positions is generally the blueprint the demarco murray comment which i have in my notes is actually the zq elliott situation where i remember when yeah. demarco when De, it, it feels very similar where zeke 
now Zeke wasn't coming off of that year, but Zeke was is still coming off of a productive year when you look at the total stats, right? A lot of people look at the total stats and not the context or or the yeah. actual diving into it. You say, oh man, eight hundred yards, twelve touchdowns. What are we doing? We are going to suffer from this. It, it reminded me of the Demarco Murray situation, and I get the offense yep. uh, a line was different back then, but there still was a scheme situation to it that helped as well. Nonetheless, uh, we saw. They brought in, who was it, Darren McFadden, uh, Joseph Randall, who yep. Joseph Randall was low cuckoo. But they actually had a productive running game. It, it wasn't, a, the running game wasn't an issue when DeMarco Murray left. And I believe the same thing is going to happen here with with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. What, was, with Ezekiel Elliott gone, I don't think the, the Cowboys running game is going to suffer. I actually think it's still going no. to be a pretty good running game. Uh, obviously, barring injury, you don't want to suffer with the Ravens. What happened to them last year where they, they lost everybody before training camp happened. But nonetheless, I, yeah. I actually comp the loss of Zeke to the loss of DeMarco, where the nation was going absolutely berserk and pissed off. He left, and they didn't want to pay him in the long run, no. Or even in the short run, it it was fine. You, you really didn't suffer. It was your yeah. quarterback issue that was a problem. I agree. And I just view the whole situation, Zeke, Tony Pollard, as more wasted talent by the hapless Bush of the Jason Garrett era and his crappy disciples that you had all this talent and you just ran them up the gut and or just didn't play them so i'm really happy that you have guys who like um malik davis spoke out and he's 100 percent correct about the politics of this all and my last big fear is if they do extend tony pollard does that same level of crony politics or corporate you know crony corporate whatever you want to call it does that extend to tony pollard now and we're just right back to where we were with the front office making the call down on the sideline saying, well, we go as Tony goes. No, I mean, we don't. Well, wait, 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 wait. Don't see Toxic. You pushing into a whole direction that, that I think that's a TBD. If Tony Pollard is Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, who the hell was complaining about that? The, the, the reason why people were complaining is because is there a Tony Pollard behind Tony Pollard? Not right now. But if but, and yep. if Tony Pollard declining like Zeke was, not right now. So if if that's the case, then yeah, we have the right to 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 kind of scream, "Hey, get this guy the ball." But if Tony Pollard is performing at a high level, at an efficient level, yep. at, a, at a top level, I, I don't think you really complain about, "Hey, we got to make sure this guy's featured each week, week in, week out." I think the reason why we were complaining was because. Hey, you got a guy sitting behind a starter who is clearly better right now and giving yeah. the offense much more. Why are we not giving him the ball more? That was the issue, in my opinion. I'll make this my last point because I know there's probably a lot of callers I want to call in. I guess what I'm hopeful for is that the Cowboys learn from past mistakes Same. and view the rest of the NFL and look at the running back room and go, we have a great Tony Pollard guy, but if we can get compliment him and use a Malik Davis, a – you know, the Ryan Nall wannabe. If they have those guys, we can work them into the office and get away from that bell cow mentality that was relevant in the 90s. It's no longer relevant now for successful NFL it's teams. Not, that, that is what I'm really hopeful that they do. I agree. But other than that, everyone uh, have a lovely weekend. And I uh, got my Ryan Nall bid already in, so have a good day. Got your Ryan Nall shot. Took a shot at my guy Hunter Lipke. That's what I want to start off with, by the way. Hunter Lipke, you know, fullback, tight end, H back guy. I'm going to get through him real quick because we talked about Hunter Lipke a, a bunch over the last couple of weeks. I am including him in in this state of the unit address here because 
he is interesting. He, he's a guy that could factor in to this room and, and not in your traditional fullback role. Uh, I went back and looked at John Kuhn's usage, mostly from a receiving standpoint. And John Kuhn was averaging about 12 to 15 receptions a season out the backfield. You get Hunter Lipke to rock, you know, 15 times and you know out the backfield. I'm pretty sure he could score some touchdowns for you, get some big first downs or whatnot. And this isn't a kid that they're just like, hey, we signed you to $200,000. You, you're just going to sit in the back and observe or cut you and hopefully get you through the practice squad. They're trying to incorporate him. He's been working with the first team per our girl uh, Aisha Morrison over at DallasCowboys.com. She let us know that. And we, we talked about that uh, with briefly with uh, Patrick Nosey Walker. But Hunter Lipke, man, if he can provide that use check role, man, I I would be so ecstatic and excited for this room because it is such a versatile chess piece offensively that you don't see in the league as much. That's why use check is use check because there's not a bunch of him. But if he can be half of that, uh, Cowboys got a good one on Hunter Lipke. But let's get to the actual running backs. And I want to start with the Rook, Deuce Vaughn. If you guys remember, if I can find this here, we did a uh, not rating, the, yeah, rating the draft series. And we talked about Deuce Vaughn's potential year one impact. And at that time, uh, I put four stars for Deuce Vaughn. And I put satellite back slash returner question mark. Now, Deuce Vaughn coming out is going to be one of the most productive backs you will have seen in the last decade. I mean, his, his accolades speak for themselves, for itself. But he has a size thing, right? He's a little guy. And, and he even talked about being a little guy and it not really affecting him much. And Will McClay talked about a guy like him and what he can do. He says, quote, guys that can win in space and create their own space can and do explosive things. Deuce has done that ever since he's been in high school and probably before that. So getting him and adding him as a weapon was a huge deal. Now back to that four stars. I'm actually going to have to knock that down to three because of the belief that Turpin is going to be the returner. You know, hearing it from Pat, listening to actually them incorporating Turpin on offense. If he's going to make this team, I don't know that Deuce Vaughn is going to be, when I say Turpin, Turpin's going to make this team. I don't know that Deuce Vaughn is going to take the return role from him. Uh, he would have to go out there, not only take it in practice and preseason, but then obviously get involved offensively too. So I'm going to scratch out returner, knock that down to three. And the reason why I do think he'll still have a three-star impact is because he can be a satellite back. When TP went down, uh, Dallas didn't really have a guy in that nature. Now they do. And he's a guy that in college carried the load. So I'm not saying you want to give him 20 touches or whatever. But if there's a game where Deuce has to touch the ball 10, 11, 12 times, he's equipped to handle that. He's done it in college. So he's making this team, by the way. I mean, six-round pick, it doesn't matter. He's going to make this. He, he would absolutely have to bomb not to make this team. And, and I just find it hard to believe this, this, this group doesn't give up on draft picks the same year they draft them and neither should, nor should they, when it comes in, I think Deuce Vaughn is extremely talented. One of the quickest cats in the draft, making missing open field. Yeah. He don't got the long speed, 
But again, when you're talking about a guy that's only going to probably get a handful of snaps a game or a handful of touches a game, you're likely talking about when teams are tired. So don't get it twisted. You know, he's not a guy that's going to be trying to break one away on his 25th touch. He's a guy that's going to try to break one away on his fourth touch while you've already played 60 snaps. So I got I got Deuce Vaughn making this team for sure, which is really going to put a crunch on the rest of this roster. And given the nature of what he is, a satellite back, you could argue you got to carry two opposite guys uh, if you're going to run with four, which that that we'll see. We'll see if they run with four. It'll be a numbers game for sure. But Deuce Vaughn, man, uh, really excited to see him kind of get going here in the offseason. And now let's talk about some of our, before I get to the phone, some of our returning guys. And I, I feel we have to bring up Rico Dowdle. His story, if you had to put one word to it, injury. That, that's pretty much been his entire career from college to the pros. He's just been an injured guy, unfortunately. And every time, you, you know, he gives you something in, in camp and something in preseason to get excited about, boom, injury happens, whether it be early in the season or whether it be in preseason. And this isn't new. This is something that has followed him from South Carolina. Literally, every season, from freshman to senior, he dealt with something that kept him out of games, whether it's a hernia surgery, broken leg, groin issues, ankle injuries. He's missed multiple games because of the injuries in college, got to Dallas, and you thought, okay, maybe that will go away in 2020. Then boom, 2021, suffered the hip injury. 2022, made the team, actually played five games primarily on special teams, and then he suffered the ankle injury that put him on IR. So he's another one of those tough spark plug runners, but I don't know if he can be trusted to be a part of a committee if he can't stay healthy. You know what I mean? Like that that's what worries me about Rico Dowdle. Uh he's going to do something that excites you. He's going to be he's going to run hard in camp. He's going to have really good preseason games. He he's going to be a tough guy in that room. But again, if I'm doing a committee approach, do I trust Rico to, to stay healthy? That's tough. So if you're going to carry a Rico Dowdle, you damn sure better have a guy on, on the practice squad that you're confident in being called up or a guy on the roster that can kind of take over that role. And that role is not just, you know, on the field as a running back, but it's also special teams because he played a ton of special teams when he, when he actually did play. So between Hunter Lipke Deuce Vaughn or Rico Dowdle, I think the shoe-ins there, maybe I should be cautious with shoe-in on, on, on Lipke, but I, I think he's going to make it. Lipke and Vaughn, two rookies, I think are going to be in this room, which makes it really difficult for the rest of these guys, and we'll get to it in a second. Let's get back on the horns for a few more calls. Uh, 808 Heartbreak was up next. You are live. How you doing, brother? It's Sonny from Hawaii. What's good, Sonny? A long time no talk, man. I wasn't able to catch the show the last couple of days, man. Oh, I wanted good. to wish you a happy Father's Day, although it'd be late. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, what's going on? I just wanted to look. I'm when it comes to a lot of the players, I can I can be a real big critic, man. I but I always 
make sure I don't sacrifice my football knowledge. And like I said, I don't want to be too much of that toxic fan. So I feel like the same people who are saying to to bring back Zeke, it's also the same people who say cut to Marcus Lawrence. I'm just all like, what what are you guys on? I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes you gotta make calls with your, with your knowledge, right? You can't be too attached with your heart. That's what they're doing with Zeke. Because there are people out telling me, I was like, okay, what about your short yard? I was like, you're, you're telling me there's no no other running back that can do short yardage. Is Zeke the best out of short yardage out of everybody? And is there nobody even close? I'm just like, come on, guys. You guys, like, like even when people say cut Demarcus Lawrence and stuff like that, I always tell them, okay, so so what's the alternative? I was like, okay, with Zeke, is there truly no alternative? No, is, that, is that what yeah, we're no. thinking? Yeah, no, there, there's obviously alternatives for sure. And, and, and again, he <laughs> – it, that book ain't written written yet. That story ain't over yet. He very well could possibly come back. But it's it's all about it, what role, right? Because he is like you know we talked about the good, right? Let me pull this up. We talked about the good with Ezekiel Elliott, and that and those last two things right there are, are what a lot of people lean on. You know, being a good blocker and being a good locker room leader, and obviously he does a short yardage things very well. Um, I think the leg up he would have on other guys is that he's been here. You know, he knows the offense for the most part. He understand. He hopefully would understand his role, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, there's obvious, again, there's a place for him in this league, but it, it does not have to be here in Dallas. It, it really doesn't. And I still think you will be a good, good offense, in my opinion. If it is in Dallas, as long as politics don't play a role and as long as he's not in any part of feature back, then whatever. I'll have the conversation, which I'll have the conversation. But just let me know what else you explore, like in in the sense of the front office. What else have we explored to make this team better? Yeah, no, I get that. In in the sense that people, okay, if you're saying it will help, then it'll help. Like I, I can I can agree to have that conversation. It's the the fans that are saying like we can't survive without. Them. Yeah, that's, yeah, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of we have to and we won't do this because of that. And, and I'm just like, what, what do you mean, man? I just watched two teams in the Super Bowl that don't have a power back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A, a lot of a lot of running and look, look, let's be honest. All these dudes, whether it be Zeke or these running back, a lot of this has to do with the front line and, and scheme as well. So if your if your offensive line can block it up and you got a good play caller, you can I think you can mitigate not having a in my opinion, one-dimensional back. In all honesty, the thing is, if I'm I'm not saying Rojo's that that guy and stuff like that in terms of like he's amazing or anything. But to be honest with you, you're telling me all I need him to do is replicate what we lost from Zeke. That's honestly that's easy enough. But honestly, I have a, a little bit more belief in Rojo than everybody else. I, I do too. Going, yeah. Well, I really want to see how Malik Davis plays out and Deuce Vaughn. A lot of people are scared of of his uh, his ceiling and stuff. I'm just like, it, he wasn't playing scrubs in college. He was in a a big school. You know what I mean? No, I, I, and he, and he played well against Power Five teams. You know, uh, but he he is under like he's not a guy that you're going. to, I don't think that you should be looking at as a, a primary ball carrier. Uh, he's kind of that that second leg at at best, and then third leg in a committee approach, and that's cool. A guy that can get you like five, six touches, he can do some damage with a, a couple of those touches. Yeah, and and that's that's what we're asking for out of a committee and stuff. Just a whole bunch of guys right. to contribute. 
we don't need this big. We don't have a big Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that's who we need and stuff. But uh, the I age mean, need it as awesome as Derrick Henry but, is, bro. What what have the Titans done leaning on Derrick Henry? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he is an amazing player, but but the league is is not built for the Emmett Smiths anymore. Where you're just a sole guy getting 400 touches a season, like that's not how you win in this league anymore. I got you. A bonus question, real quick, is that it's not to do with the topic. It's just being a Cowboys fan. What was your most enjoyable year? And and two uh two ways. One as an analyst, which you are, and like talking and stuff, and as a fan, being a Cowboys, watching the Cowboys. Your favorite year as a fan, and your favorite year as an analyst. I mean, I, I was I don't know about analysts because I, I've just started really being a legitimate, you know, putting on a different hats like four years ago. But uh popular to, or contrary to popular belief, I am not seventy-eight years old. But two thousand seven was fun. You know, when we went thirteen and three and Tony Romo's first year, it was just buck wild, man. And I remember the the Bills game. So that was that was a fun season. Ended terribly, which all of our seasons in the last thirty years have ended. Ended terribly, but other than that, I mean, how can you not say a Super Bowl season? If you witnessed the Super Bowl, how, how, I don't understand how you don't say a Super Bowl season. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to stick within the non-Super Bowl years of the past thirty seasons, and and I'm gonna go with 07. No, I got you. Um, 2014 is my my favorite year, man. I felt like we got robbed and stuff. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into that, but. That was the day of like we said we was gonna run it. You knew we were gonna run it. We knew you knew we were gonna run it, and you couldn't do anything to stop it. But I'll let you go, big brother. You have a good day, man. Ah right, man, appreciate you, big dog. I just happened to look over there. Boy, are you wrong? Somebody said Derrick Henry don't got a line. Uh, he might have a line now. Derrick Henry for sure had one of the best offensive lines during his, and he still bought last year. But during those first like three or four years in Tennessee, they were routinely talked about as one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, one of the best offensive line coaches over there. But yeah, Derrick Henry had absolutely had a line. Yeah. Put him behind this line, dog. I'd argue their line over the last, you know, two or three years ago, or whatever. Last year they dealt with injuries or whatnot. It's better than the Cowboys' offensive line when it came to run blocking. Seriously, like they were they were a good they were a good run blocking team. Uh, during the Tennessee Titans run. And I use that run because they, they really didn't have a crazy run. But this ain't that league no more, man. Workhorse backs like that. It is. It, look, man, it takes so much more than one guy as a running back to, to carry your team. You, you're going to need multiple backs. And that's why we're talking about these guys. And I'm going to jump around a little bit because he brought up Rojo. I'm with I'm with the caller. I I, I personally think if Rojo still got something in the tank. It's weird to say that about a 25 year old. It's not like Ronald Jones is some 28, 29 year old dude coming off of so many carries or whatnot. Not at all. I think Ronald Jones is coming in here as an even more pissed off and angry runner because that's what he is. He's an angry, violent runner who's likely going to be more angry and violent. This doesn't make Ronald Jones special. He's not looking for Rojo to be special. He's looking for Rojo to fill a role that he's done before, not new to him. Ronald Jones has been a part of a, a, a committee or a duo, whatever you want to call it, a tandem, and he did it well. 
He did it well with the tennis or with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020 and 2021. Hell, in 2020, he led the league in yards after contact. The year they won that Super Bowl. His those final two years in Tampa, he gave you what was it? Ten rushing touchdowns inside the ten. So he was a guy that could sniff the end zone, and it wasn't like it was on a seventy-five carries. Is pretty efficient down there. And some people might actually look at his size coming out of college and think that's what he is now. It's actually not. Uh, he put on some weight early in his Tampa Bay Buccaneers career and, and bulked up. And you kind of see it in his size and his play style. He, he, he kind of plays. He looks like a big guy. But then when you get in the open field and you see him kind of move, you're like, oh, I see why, <laughs> you know, because he has that wiggle that he had coming out of USC. But I, I don't think Ronald Jones is going down without a fight at all. No, sir. No, sir. That doesn't mean he's going to make the team, but I, but I think he's going to make it difficult in that room for sure. It's it, it, Again, it's not like the room has Dalvin Cook in it behind Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott for that matter. There are a bunch of hungry guys in there. And I don't know if there's a more hungry guy than that man who didn't fit. Let's just be honest. He did not fit in Kansas City. Honestly, I would look at that as a blessing if I was Ronald Jones because his he doesn't have a bunch of wear and tear on his body. I believe he's got something like 118 carries over the last two seasons. He's only 25 years old. Toxic brought up the whole age thing. He kind of still falls in that safe age group and it's not like you're looking at ronald jones to be some long-term solution you go to rojo and say hey you bust your ass for one season maybe you can go somewhere and get a a fairly a solid contract next year to help you and your family so rojo to me you know i think he's going to come in here and he is going to he's going to make these guys work and uh they asked malik davis about ronald jones and, you know, being a veteran in the room and he talked about how, you know, he he's obviously been around Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, been a part of a Super Bowl winning team. And it has helped um, in that locker room. So you actually got two guys in, in regards to Ronald Jones and Tony Pollard, who are veterans on this team. One has just been a part of a, a tandem that's won a Super Bowl. I, I don't look at that as I don't scoff at that. A lot of people scoff at his addition right now. I don't scoff at that. Uh if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and hurt you. It's a one-year cheap deal. But I think the upside far outweighs the downside of Ronald Jones. It's not like you signed him to a three-year, 20-something million dollar deal. It don't work out. It's a one-year deal for a Super Bowl winning running back who is super hungry and pissed off and actually runs like that. Oh, I'll take that to camp and preseason all day and see what we can do. So I'm what you call it. I think Ronald Jones is a guy to, to look out for at training camp. That could maybe do some uh, some things for you. As for fumbling, um, Ronald Jones had had two fumbles in his last full time as a player in 2020, and then prior to that, I think he had two and then three. So the fumble thing, when I heard that, I went and looked, and I'm like, damn, did, it, did this dude just like fumble a lot or something? And I looked, I'm like, I mean, pretty 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 normal fumble rate for a running back here. I mean, we. We forget Ezekiel Elliott was fumbling the rock a whole lot. He has like three seasons with five or more fumbles under his belt. 
Ronald Jones' last time being a full-time guy, he had two. I, I can live with that. I'm not, I'm not tripping about that. That's it is what it is there. Uh, so if that's if that if two fumbles are going to scare you off of Ronald Jones and you don't sign him in the first place. Let's get back on the horns, man. Jake the Great, what you got, man? Yo, 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 Skywalker. Good morning. Good morning. Good Bob, morning. Bob, what's happening? All right. Now, um, I'm going to get straight to the business, man. I, I see you hyping up Ronald Jones and he's running angry and this and that. If he was running so angry, uh, 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 Pistachio wouldn't be signing over him. So I ain't buying none of that stuff that you're talking about. Rico Daddle, he's going to the practice squad. Uh, what's the other dude? Malik Davis, he's getting cut. And then if you're talking about a one-year rental, bring back Zeke the Freak. Because I'm talking about we are close. We ain't trying to – I'm not thinking about no future. I'm not thinking about stopping no progress. I'm thinking about winning the championship. Who brought up stopping progress? What are you talking about? I mean, that's what people say with, uh, oh, with, uh, with Zeke, talking good. about stopping progress and stuff like that. I feel like we are there. We're, we're at the door of a championship, and, and I'm from the hood. When we lose, sounds bitter. We, don't, we don't dismantle. We run it back, and that's what I want to do. If it's a one-year rental, I want a one-year rental from Zeke because I'm not looking at Zeke how everybody <laughs> else is. Everybody else is looking at that last play from San Francisco where he lined up at center let me, and he got Let me smacked. stop you right there. I'm, let me stop you right there. Don't call yeah. into my show talking about everybody else. I'm the one that's talking about Ezekiel Elliott, this running back room. I don't care about – who the okay. hell – have you ever heard me talk about progress stopper or Zeke playing center? I don't give a damn about that, Jake. I don't, I don't care about none of that. Let's talk real – let's, let's, let's talk real ball. And then, and then you come in here and you talk about I'm, I'm talking up uh, – what you what you say? I'm, I'm hyping up – no, I'm not – no, I am – see, that's the problem with y'all fans, man. Y'all don't listen. Y'all y'all only want to hear what y'all want to hear. And that was the whole problem with Ezekiel Elliott. Y'all only hear what y'all want to hear. I quite literally said Ronald mm-hmm. Jones might not make this team, but I'm giving you the facts of what Ronald Jones is and what he's coming off of. But you're so emotionally attached to Ezekiel Elliott, you ain't trying to hear nothing but bring Zeke no, it's back. Not that. It's no, not, it's not no that. Jake, it's not Jake, that. Jake, it is that, and that's okay. Just come on here and say, I stand for Zeke. I don't care about nothing else, and I'll let you have the floor. I digress. Okay, I understand that. Now, if it was any other running back besides Ronald Jones, because you're saying he's coming off of a Super Bowl championship. No, he's not. He's I, I, again, 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 <laughs> again, I didn't even bring that. I didn't even say he was coming off a Super Bowl championship, but but he had, he is a part of two. He is a part of two, but I, those words didn't come out of my mouth. He held, I said, he held the, he he was, held the water I said he, see, that see, this is what, guy. this is what happens when people get emotional. I said he was a part of a Super Bowl championship team as a tandem back, and that was in 2020. That's what I'm talking about. I don't even acknowledge really his existence in Kansas City except for the fact that he did not fit, right? Like, I'm bringing that right. to the table. He, he wasn't a welcome fit in Kansas City. That's facts. I can't argue with you with that. But let's let's get back to the let's okay. get back to the football side of things. All right. Do you believe that there is more uh, dynamics that come, that go with a football team more than what you see on the field? Like I'm just talking about like the impact in the locker room. Like I said, I just want to run it back one more year. Oh boy. Because let me I ask you a question. Like, Were you here at the beginning of the show? Talk to me. Uh, no, I was not. Right. I just okay. seen that. Uh, see, 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 see. He, was, he wasn't here. You know, he, they, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. He, he, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> he wasn't here. 
look, look, look let me pour this up for you. Let me pour it. Let me pour this up for you, Jake. Because Jake, you must have came in this motherfucker when 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 we was talking about Zeke. In, in late, the back, later the, tomorrow, yeah, because you you said, oh hell no, they talking about my Zeke. So so Jake, look, I I started off yeah. the show talking about the good things that Ezekiel Elliott brings to the team and could bring to a team. Mm-hmm. I talked about him being an elite short yardage back. I talked about him being a dependable pass blocker, a guy when healthy and early in the season can be a tone setter. I talked about his locker room leadership. Right, right. In fact, I, I, I prefaced it and said that that might be the biggest thing the Cowboys actually miss. I don't think it's going to be his on-field ability. I think it could potentially be his locker room leadership. But I think, according to McCarthy, uh, Tony Pollard has stepped up in that manner, and I think it's because Tony might have learned it from Ezekiel Elliott, Jake. So we did not just talk mm-hmm. about the bad things when it came to Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about the good. I'm just asking you to no. take the, the take. Look, I know you stand for Zeke and, and I knew this was going to be a tough, tough conversation for those that stand. But if you can just take off that emotion for a second, I think you will completely understand the good and the bad of Ezekiel Elliott. Now, when the season starts and then Zeke is here and he's not, the show must go on. Like I said, I'm really for just running it back with a little bit of sprinkle of somebody else like a deuce with them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not all like, oh, give Zeke the ball, this, that, that. Heck no. I know this is Tony Pollard's year. And this is Tony Pollard's team. I just feel like with those two running backs, we had almost 2,000 yards rushing. It wasn't really broken. You know, I'm looking at the guy from the six weeks before prior to the knee injury. I just want to run it back with the team we right. have. So what – what, this is a good thing. I'm actually talking to a Zeke Stan because because I have, I have are you never are you not concerned about the three year pattern of what happens after week six? Because, because again, I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the show, but after week six for the last three years, he's averaged three point five yards per carry. And in the playoffs, he gives you nothing over the last four games in the playoffs. He has not even cracked three yards per carry and he has zero touchdowns in the last three games. Like, does that not concern you? It concerns me, right? And, and it, honestly, it does concern me. That's why I say I would add to add a little bit of sprinkle, a third mm-hmm. back, because I look at it like how – you remember when Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl? They had uh, uh, Willie Parker, yeah. uh, Jerome Bettis, Fast and they Willie. had another dude. I don't know if it was Mendenhall. They had three running backs, and that's how I want to use it. I don't want Zeke to – I'd rather have Zeke like maybe six carries a game. I just want him for the – if he's going to hype up the crowd or whatever, because I've been to a Texas game, and I, I, it might sound funny, <laughs> I know, but it, I believe in the momentum. If he can just give me one play for the season or the playoff, I'm cool with it. I'm all about team running back. I ain't about dismantling nothing. Give me a one-year rental. If he's here, it's cool. If he's not, we're going to run it. But that's my stance. Gotcha. Team Zeke all day. Let's go, Cowboys. All right, Jake. Yeah, I mean – that's going to happen. You're going to get people, and and I always have to understand that now as, as, as what I do. Like we're we're fans, and we're definitely fans of players. People ain't trying to hear shit. <laughs> Bring Zeke back. I don't give a damn what y'all talking about. I'll give him one carry a game. Bring Zeke back. What are we talking about here? What? One carry. Wave his towel. Do the eat. One carry. Hey man, I get it. That's your guy. That's your guy. Bring him back for for six games. Um. Again, there's a place in this league for Z. As a short, in my opinion, a short yardage type of goal line type of spell a guy here and there type of back. As a lead dog, even as a second guy getting 15 totes a game, I don't think that's best for him. 
And I think we've said this a million times. If you want to bring him back to be that guy, you know, six carries a game, whatever, whatever. But but don't don't get mad because <laughs> I'm I'm bringing actual factuals to the conversation, man. Just come, before you say anything, just tell me before we talk. If you on the phone and you want to talk about Zeke. I stand for Zeke and I'll let you have the floor and we can move on after the conversation because when people stand, they don't want to hear nothing else. And I'm not going to have a, a, a conversation if you don't want to hear nothing else. You dig? Let's get Deshaun on the horn. What's good, man? Oh, what else, guy? Uh, so before we start talking, I'm in the middle, so I'm not. Oh, oh, oh I I'm thought not, you I'm, thought you were standing. I had to put up the sign for you. I stand. No, 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 no. Honestly, I'll say the one good thing that Zeke did well was the sorry, the short yards, the third and ones, the goal line stuff. That's that's important to me. But at the same time, that wearing tear, that, that's not going away. Like when, as much as much contact and as much thing. If you all really look back on the separate, 49 again, they didn't trust Zeke. They just threw him out there to say, okay, just go. And your question to the Malik Davis answer, um, shout out to like, one of mm, the final word and everything. Uh, I think Brian Broaddus was talking about Malik Davis. He said the reason why they didn't put him in that game was because he was busting and he was mad that he couldn't get any playing time. Yeah, we brought so that up. We brought that up like yeah. last week or two weeks ago uh, when, when when the clip was going around about, about Broaddus saying that. And apparently – Malik or his teammate or somebody came out and said he he didn't say that so that's why I don't I don't like to bring up the he say she say when, when the player responds to it so I kind of left that kind of drama y stuff out of it uh, because honestly the 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 issue was far before San Francisco right like when mm-hmm. when Zeke was yep. out and and Malik Davis was a part uh, apologies here, was a part of playing. Malik Davis showed you enough to say, hey, we should probably get him involved as a third leg. Then all of a sudden, you know, Zeke comes back after injury and Malik Davis gets washed out and we get to the playoffs and nothing happens. So I think the issues fester far before we got to San Francisco. Yeah. And I think me personally, Kelly Moore didn't know what to do with him. He didn't know how to use him. So I think that's what it came down to, that he didn't know how to use running back properly. Now, the Tony Frost situation. Me personally, I was very upset because Tony said he doesn't mind working a deal for cheaper. And so instead of just uh, automatically franchise tagging them, they could have got a better deal than what they're doing because now you're paying $10 million that you didn't have to pay. Now, I know this might be our only year with them, which I'm cool with that. But like I said, in financially speaking, if you want to be cowboy talking, he could have paid lesser and had more years and you wouldn't have to worry about the running back problem after this year. Yeah, it was it was when when the market got put out for the for the running backs, right? I was definitely one of those that said, "Damn, did I wonder if Dallas said, shit, we shouldn't have did this." Because nobody was getting paid 10 million dollars a year. Um I know I know Pollard's a bit different because he's I, I believe he's an elite dual threat guy. I, I believe he's a guy that can run the ball at a high level and catch the ball at the backfield at a high level. We'll get to him in a second. But uh I still don't know if that was if that was going to garner ten million a year. So I'm, yeah, I think you're right. They might have been able to get him to a deal similar to a David Montgomery. Might have. I don't know. Pro Bowl was on his is on his roster, but it, it, it was a tricky game they played, and some will argue they 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 played wrong. And then with Rico, I agree because Rico actually they said Rico actually beat out Malik, but it was that injury issue. Like. 
you keep getting injured and you can't stay on the field, then you really can't do nothing with that. You really can't. Can't. And then the uh, the Lipke, I'm I'm excited for him because I think that what a lot of Zeke fans talk about now is the short yardage. If Lipke can get you some short yardage, like third and one, when the goal line package him and off the ball, he gets you like a, yeah. a first down. If he can do them little type of things, then we won't have to be like, I need Zeke, I need Zeke, I need Zeke. And because all I've been hearing is Brian scheme, which is he's like a zone type uh, person, so you need a full power back. You need someone who can, like, you know, bang with him, bang with the best people back. At the same time, I feel like we're going now away from power backs because power backs are cool, but sometimes you need that splash play. You need that person that can go out there and get you explosive yards because it'd be I really mean, there's, cool. there's, nothing, is, there's nothing wrong with a power back who is – extremely efficient or really damn good, right? Like that can do more than just a power back. Uh-huh. But if you're just a solely a, a power back, then there's a specific role you have to fit in. That's just life of, of a running back. I agree. And so I think running backs are it's starting to come to where now we're getting to a point where you need multiple backs. You can't just throw one back at there and say, give out the carries. Because I guarantee you, Derek Henry probably wants some help right now in that, in that running back room. Here's the thing. We ain't really going to know much until uh, preseason. Because even in training camp, it's a lot of thudding. They don't really hit. It's mostly thudding. And and you start to see guys kind of pop in preseason. That's where we saw Malik Davis really pop uh, in preseason. I agree. So, all right, Dan. Nice talking to you, Scott. All right, appreciate you, Deshaun. <laughs> Landlord dropped Super Chat. Super Chat. <laughs> he said, what's happening? No, no, no. Was happening, Sky and Bomb Squad. I got a long way to be as patient as Sky. I would have lost it when he said Malik getting cut. He is wild. Landlord, listen, brother, I have really worked on my patience since I started doing this full time. For those that have been here since day one, they can attest to this. Uh, I've, I've, I've learned that, look, I want people to call in here and they don't, they don't agree, right? We can have these conversations, but sometimes... Where you get pushed to the whole, I trade Michael Parsons thing, and then you just lose it. Other times, like Jake, Jake just, Jake just, you know, that's his guy. That's Zeke. I understand that. But I don't like people putting words in my mouth. Listen, and if y'all gonna listen, listen. That's all I ask, and we can talk about it. But I appreciate your landlord dropping that. Uh, Super chat. Brother L drop one and said, just because Toxic Tom is on fire, hashtag Harlem Heat. Yes, sir. And then uh, Chris. Super chat. Am I on the right date? I got a couple. Chris dropped one and said, Sam Williams breaking out unlocks this defense. Yeah, Chris is Chris was talking about the other day. Yeah, man. I had to drop the Harlem Heat shirt today, Danny. I had to. Listen, Linda. Listen. That's all I'm saying, man. <laughs> nah, I don't got the Black Forces on or the do-rag. I, I'm, I'm going to let people get it out. And I'll rebut. That's all. All right, let me finish this thing up here with uh, Malik Davis. We, you know, we've been talking about him a little bit here. Not finish it up with Malik Davis, but finish up the backups with Malik Davis. We've been talking about it here briefly, um, and, and we talked about him the other day. M- Malik Davis feels like the consensus number two when you get the you gauge in the temperature from around Cowboys Nation. Um, and again, I said this when we when we had asked the question: Do you, you know, is it out of the question to think he can be RB two? I don't think so. Uh, there's a lot of rumors floating around with him, head case, immature, this and that, or what have you. 
I don't know the guy personally. I have not talked to people close to him. I know what Brian Broder said about him being pissed off. And if, if that is true, then I don't blame him for being pissed off. I, I've even heard somebody and saw somebody in the chat say he don't know the playbook or Tony didn't know. The, like, there's a lot of random things said about players that unless you are close to those players like that or speak to people close to him, I don't know where you're coming up with this. But all I do know is when Malik Davis got a shot out there, Malik Davis was a pretty damn productive uh, running back. And I wouldn't have minded him to be a part of the third leg in the committee last year, but it never really happened. And that was unfortunate. So we'll see what happens with Malik Davis moving forward. But I'm not, I'm not writing Malik Davis off by any means. I think he can absolutely make things tough. And that's the beauty of this room, right? Is that you're going to have extreme competition from RB2 on down extreme competition a lot of hungry dudes i talked about rojo being one of the hungriest guys in that room due to you know his what happened to him last year you could argue malik too malik is just as hungry now he ain't got a lot of skins on the wall like rojo but he felt and i don't blame him if it's true that he deserved more touches I, i agree and then you got the lead dog finally Tony Pollard is the lead dog. And I will reiterate this one more time for the people in the back. Just because Tony Pollard is the lead back, the featured back, does not and should not equate to him being a worse horse, work horse back. No, sir. That's not what I'm asking. But damn it, you better give him the rock. He should never, ever not see at least 15 touches. And that's bare damn minimum, right? Like, he should really be closer to, like, 18 touches a game. But if you start getting him into 25, 26-touch range every week, that I don't like that because I want Tony Pollard and the rest of these guys to be ready to roll in the playoffs when then you could turn to TP and say, hey, dog, three games. I need you at 20 touches minimum three games because you are best guy. That's all. And don't get it twisted, man. Teams understood the assignment last year when it came to Tony Pollard, right? A lot of people used to talk about Tony Pollard don't face stacked boxes early in his career. Fair, whatever. But last year, he actually was 10th in the NFL against stacked boxes. Or facing stacked boxes. Not against, but facing them. Okay? And a lot of people are worried about, well, can Tony Pollard be a league guy long term? For a full season. Fair question. They didn't ask him to be the lead guy all season. But when he was the lead guy over the last couple of seasons, um, when Zeke was out with injury, all he did was produce. We know about the San Fran game. 18 touches, 132 yards. He had two touchdowns in that game. Talking about in 2020. Then last year, he had two games where he was the lead dog. 15 touches, 147 yards, and three touchdowns in one game. Another game, 25 touches, 128 yards and a touchdown in that game. All he has been is super productive when he gets the rock at least 12 to 15 times. And the beauty of of Tony Pollard is that you can bottle him up. You can, you can, oh, you know what? Six carries. He only got, okay. All it takes is one. (laughs) 
all it take is one to either bust a big game and make now make the defense have to think twice or take one to the crib. And that was always my problem over the last number of years. When you saw Zeke wearing down, when you saw the running game struggle, why not put the ball in a guy's hand who with all it takes is one? Give him more opportunities. But now he's going to be the lead dog. Well, Scott, he can't run between the tackles. False. He averaged 5.3 yards between the tackles last year. Now, where I would like to see Tony Pollard get more involved this upcoming season is in the pass in the past game. Uh, it was kind of criminal his first four seasons that they did not use him a la Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. Last year, he was third in the NFL in yards per reception. Seventh in yak yards per reception. He is every bit, every bit. He has every ability in the world is, is, is an Austin Eckler Austin, or, or, or Alvin Kamara, especially when it comes to the passing game. And honestly, that's who I, I think he can be comp to as the lead dog. Who? And by the way, Austin Eckler, I don't know if y'all follow the NFL outside of Cowboys, but y'all remember when Melvin Gordon left? The same questions were being asked about Austin Eckler. Oh, he's too small. He, he can't handle the lead back role. No, no, we can't do that. Well, all they have done is managed to utilize Eckler as a lead back, and he's been one of the best running backs in the National Football League since. In fact, they managed it right. He didn't crack 300 touches until last season. That which was his first time cracking the top seven in total touches. Over the last couple of seasons, Austin Eckler has had about 200 carries and ridiculous 107 receptions. I'm not asking for Tony Pollard to get 100 receptions, but he's been north of 70 receptions the last two years. I think it's very fair to see or say Tony Pollard should be used in that manner. A guy who can get you about 200 carries and at least 50 at least 50 to 60 receptions. If you're not targeting Tony Pollard at least 75 times in the passing game, you're not using him to the best of your ability. You're hampering yourself. So I would like to see them get him more involved. And, you know, looking back at Schottenheimer and McCarthy's history, McCarthy early in his tenure in Green Bay they did throw the rock to the running backs a bit more uh, as opposed to once Rodgers took over. They really didn't target the running backs as much, but he is a super West Coast guy. And in the West Coast offense, they do believe in obviously touchdown or check down. But I don't want it to just be touchdown check. Down. I actually want them to say more like how, how Tom does it sometimes where, hey, look, I got a one on one. With, and look, he was doing this with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, by the way. Leonard Fournette, if y'all don't remember, is, is one of the best pass-catching backs pro production-wise over the last couple of seasons. Because Tom was like, why, why would I make this more difficult? If I can throw it to you right here, you're going to get me some yak. That's how I feel about Tony Pollard. Like, don't make this a difficult thing here. If, he, if he's got a one-on-one -on -one against a linebacker, that is a mismatch. Put the ball in his damn hands. So I'm hoping that they feature him a little bit more from a pass uh, catching standpoint from a running standpoint he's tp is going to be tp i don't think you got to do too many things differently from a run game standpoint 
He he's, he can do it all, in my opinion, from a running back stand. Is he going to move the pile? No, nah, but he TP going to run hard. Uh, he, he's going to get your first downs, touchdowns. He's going to break big big games. That's what he does. Get him involved in the open field from a pass catching standpoint, though. So there you have it, man. Our state of the unit address. Diving into each and every one of these guys. And it's going to be a hell of a competition behind Tony Pollard. I'm excited for it, man. I really am. Between Ronald Jones, Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, I think I think Vaughn is making this team. But, you know, and then Hunter Lipke. I'm excited to see how these guys are lined up, specifically Deuce Vaughn as a satellite guy. Hunter Lipke as a H-back fullback. All right, let's jump back to the phone lines for a couple more, man. We got Marcus on the line. What's good, Marcus? <laughs> Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> that's me, that's me. What's up, man? What it do, what it do. Hey, it's God, man. Hey, this is your show, man. Put your foot down, man. Put your foot down. Sometimes it's, it's, I got to, up, man. Like you put it up. <laughs> Sometimes I got to, dog. Man, hey. Yeah, I, I, I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Hey, I'm like I said, I love Zeke, man. And one of the things that probably needs to happen, just to not to stay here too long on this, but one of the things that needs to happen, at least from a fan base perspective, is that we all need to get used to the idea that all of us that are that emotionally attached to Zeke, we got to get used to the fact that he's not here. Because if he's on this team this upcoming season, whatever happens that he finds his way back on the team, it's just going to be another schism. I don't think it would be with the coaching staff. I think they've already made their mind up. We can we can we can find ways to play with him. We don't need Zeke back. But if you put him back on the team, that's going to be more opportunity for Jerry to get involved and, and mess things up. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. What it is? That's just in the way. That's in the way. If this uh, were to be gone and to come back uh, next season, I think that would be fine because we all would get used to the idea of Zeke, you know, being in whatever role we did. In spite of whatever Zeke said last season and what he's saying now, I think everybody needs to have that talent clear. I think you said it perfectly. You know, I don't think it'd be a schism within the locker room in itself because he's a a locker room leader, as we talked about. But I I would not trust the top guys to not be involved. I just don't. Now, you know, obviously, sometimes you just got to jump and and blindly hope that somebody catches you. Uh, And that may be the case if if he's brought back. But I do worry that, that... Hey man, we got him back. He's wearing the 15. These jerseys are selling like hotcakes. He comes down there and says, We need to get him 15 touches again. And if that's the case, I don't think that's conducive for Zeke or this team moving forward because he wears down. Those are just the facts. That's just the fact, exactly. And, uh, again, that, that, that's going to take care of itself, but that might be good for everybody, including Zeke, so that everybody can adjust to this new reality. But, but yeah. as, it, as it pertains to the running backs in particular, man, I'm kind of interested in seeing what happens in training camp. Only from the standpoint of, I'm big on, on, on putting weapons on the field. Yeah. Uh, Tony Pollard, of course, is a weapon. He's a dual threat. I think one, but in Tony Pollard's case, we might all need to adjust our thinking about what a quote-unquote workhorse back is, particularly as it, as it relates to Pollard. I don't see a problem with him getting 25 touches and you specify touches and that's the thing. It's how you use Tony and how you deploy him. I could see a, a play sheet, a game plan where they've got a, 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 a 25 plays for, for Tony Palmer, and he's probably only got eight carries in there. But he's right. deployed in other ways if you've got, you've got him the football other ways. So then it turns into a 25 play, yeah. 25 touch game. 
That I would love because you want players that can dictate to defenses how they're going to play. And I would love to have a two-back set with Tony Palmer, even if that means taking a wide receiver off the field for a lot of this play. Because right now, you could almost say Tony Pollard is as good as Michael Gallup until we see if Michael Gallup's back from, from his knee. You, you kind of split the hairs as far as I'm concerned. I sure. just like the idea of the versatility that you can have potentially with the Tony Pollard, especially with West Coast concepts, where, where, you, where you kind of feature the running back in the passing game. Like yes. yes. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see how, much, how, how mature and how – because it's not checkups no more. That workhorse running back thing we're talking about, that's a lot of tradition and history here with the Cowboys, that's what we got here, that's what we're used to, but we're not playing checkers no more, man, hey, anybody do, we got somebody, we can turn around here and the football 25 times, well, so, man, do we have weapons? I, you know? I, 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 I equate it to this, Marcus, I, I don't believe yeah. you ever want to go into the game nowadays saying, I, I have to give this running back 25 carry or touches a game, like, I don't really want that, especially if you're a team that has playoff aspirations because they, it's, it, they can wear down, you know, it's tough. But I will say this, there are going to be big spots. I think we brought this up last last year when we had this conversation. There are going to be swing right. games. There are going to be playoff moments. There are going to be times where, hey, we got to have this. We're we're six and one. The Eagles are five and two. If we get this victory, we'll we'll be two games up in the playoffs. I'm I'm gonna need you today, Tony. I'm gonna need about 20, 25 out of you today, Tony. I might even need 27, 28, Tony. Right, and then the next few weeks it goes back to kind of being a committee approach or what have you. Or you get into the divisional game, you get into a championship game or whatever, and you say, "Hey, this is the playoffs, Tony. I'm gonna need 25 today, brother." But it doesn't have to be every single week. It can be in spots throughout the season, or if the game flow goes that way, I'm with you. The game flow just goes that way. But you want to definitely make sure you're not overworking your 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 lead guy, uh, if you got capable guys behind him. Right, I got you. I got you. Hey, no 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 argument for me there. I think again, you you establish the identity around your best players. And even when I'm saying touches, I guess in my mind, if the threat of Tony Parker is enough, it's consistent enough. Like we say, Tony should be the lead guy, and there's no reason for him. You know, in most situations for him to not be on the field, that forces the defense to have to account for him. Yeah. Whether you give him the football or not, you yeah. know, and that's what I like. Even if he's on the field, that counts as a play that you have to account for Tony Pollard on the defense of the end of the now, To me, it's chess again. It's can you get Cat moved around? Can you get somebody out of position? Can you get a mismatch? Who can force that? You know, you got a couple of guys that can do that. C.D. Lamb can do that. Brandon Cooks is going to make sure safety stay out of the box. Yeah, we had people a name gonna, for people him. People going to figure that out. I, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. That the, out. Gonna, explosives? Yeah. I think yeah, we yeah. called so, them explosives. Okay, I'm just excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just excited to see what that's going to be like. I, I'd love to see them go to a two-back set, you know, especially if they don't, you know, if nobody kind of, but know, But, Marcus, the two-back set, the 21, it, it might be in the form of Hunter Lipke. It, it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might be in that form. That's that's fine with me. That's fine with me. Nipke, he ain't he's not like a, a, a typical fullback where he's gonna be a guy that, that that you just power into the line and, and oh he's gonna block a lot of people. I don't I've heard that he doesn't block very well and things like that. But he's a versatile enough guy where I think, you know, you can get away with a, 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 a two tight end look with him where you've got two running backs out there and you can still have two wide receivers. You can create balance and also mismatch and things like that. 
So you, yeah, you want I, a Tony Pollard and you want a power guy out there. So, again, this is about chips. And I think we got some, some thinkers on that offensive side that are, that are more about stop. chips than Chester. So that's what I'm anxious to see. And trust me, man, hey, we'll, we'll all get over Tony Romo. I mean uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. We'll all get over it. People thought they weren't going to get over dead and even, and we did. So, uh, uh, yeah, some people we'll, still we'll, we'll keep it pushing, man. Thank yeah. you for taking my call, dog. Absolutely, man. Salute. Good stuff. <laughs> It happens to all of former greats, man. They, they're no longer on the team or what have you. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just get a couple more here. Good stuff from Marcus. Marco. What's good, Marco? What's up, Sid? What's up, Sid? How you doing, my brother? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Hey, Sid, I'm good. I'm blessed, man, out here getting some chicken. But I, uh, I'm, I want to say to all the Cowboys fans, the disrespect for Michael Gallup is crazy. Man, look, I, crazy. I can't. Hey, look, let me say this about MG because I, I've look, y'all know me. I don't have a problem. I'll come at whatever. I've definitely talked about him not being good last year, but I found myself having to defend Michael Gallup this offseason because I'm like, wait a damn minute now. <laughs> like he well, had an ACL injury. If he if he if he comes back from the ACL injury, he'll be fine. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. But what are we talking about here? Are we acting like Michael Gallup wasn't a solid, solid contributor to this offense prior to that. Hey, still, my man just said that he wants TP to catch the passes over over Gallup. Man, are you all right, bro? I'm starting to not like my Cowboy fans, man. Hey, but still, I, I was listening to the conversation earlier, bro. Yeah. And I, I know how everybody feel about Zeke, but I, 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 all right, let's say we cut Zeke, but I'm trying to figure out why we holding on to Tyron Smith and people like that. I don't understand. Cause I, I feel like that his play going down oh. just as bad as Zeke's play was going down. Marco, I'm another one of those dudes who, if you remember at the beginning of the offseason, I was I wanted to move on. I I, I said I can I, mean, I cannot count on him. The only way I was fine with bringing him back was as a swing type of guy, you know. And and I if, feel. that kind of annoys me a bit that we're kind of counting on on Tyron Smith. So I, I feel that's why my argument be well. Like they, they, I feel like they held on to Witten a couple years too long. Oh hell I, I yeah! Like, <laughs> they yeah, brought, listen, I mean, they brought Witten back. Like what the hell yeah, was that, that about? That's a bunch of distance back too. I feel like man, I, I, don't, I we don't need Zeke, but though that's not act like we don't got players on this team that way they, that's not on the downfall too. Like we got players that we counting on this year that's way older than Zeke that look the same. He looks good to me, just like Zeke. Uh, Tommy Smith looks just as good to me. I, I, that's, I would not argue with you. Uh, he, I thought both of those guys. That was that was their last year. You know, when it came to contracts, it came to play, and it came to injuries. I just thought there, there's no way they're going to bring both back. But they brought back Tyron Smith, man. Hey, hey, Phil, I don't, I don't think we have a problem with running back. We're not worried about running back. I, I ain't gonna lie to you, Phil. I was watching the game back to, about a couple of weeks back, uh, the playoff game, and, and I hate to bring it up, man. My quarterback got to play better, bro. Oh, don't hate to bring it up. My, don't hate to bring man, it up. That's facts. I, I still, I, I just saw like, the, I can't keep watching these plays, man. I know they say Michael Gallup supposed to come back to a ball, bro, but I mean. Oh, I mean, no, 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 that I, one was, like, that one was bad. That that one I'm was, like, that yeah. one was bad. That yeah, one was bad from all of, let me, let me tell you how that was a three-way bad situation. Number one, the play design was absolutely stupid. Number one. Number two, yeah. um. When you have those kind of comeback routes that are mirrored that way, and this is my problem with mirrored routes, I have a, I actually have a, I have a, a clip that I pulled up when I was looking at film from the Colts game. I'm like, this mirror route's pissing me off. But the problem with mirror, <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up. This, 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 uh, 
You gonna keep talking there. The problem with mirror routes is if you if you come back to the other side of the field and both of the receivers are running the same depth, it's likely you're going to be late on that. That's just a fact, especially when it's a comeback. And then you compound it with the shit that Michael Gallup ran. If it looked very similar to the Colts game, so you've got a shitty yep. design. You got Dak coming back late and throwing late, and then you got Michael Gallup. I don't know what the hell that was at the top of the route. Just check, 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 mate of of shit. And so that one was terrible. But the worst one to me was Michael Gallup on yeah. the deep throw, and he's kind of fading to the left, and he didn't get it out there enough. And, and towards the end of the game, that was the one that kind of pissed me off the most. And, 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 and still, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, man. But I tell these guys, like, hey, bro, tell your ACL it's going to take you two years, too, to come back to, be, to play at the highest level. It's going to take you time. Like, and I can't wait to, if Pollard don't perform, I can't wait to what they – I mean, I got to tell TP, if you're not 100% healthy, the Cowboys going to kill you this year. They're going to talk dirty about you. I don't care, they don't care if you rush for 2,000 yards a year before. They're going to tell you, I don't care if you're hurt. You got to perform. Now, I just that- don't – I mean, when players get hurt, they get hurt, bro. But that's fact. I mean, I mean it, it, I, I, you know, people say, you know, and shout out to my guy, Koye, because he, he makes a good point where he brings up, you know, don't play hurt for the Cowboys because this and that and that and this. But that's probably everybody, everywhere. If, you, if you're if you out there and feel. you're playing hurt and it's actually hurting the team, I don't I don't know a single person that's going to be like, hey, great job. Like, yeah, you're a warrior, but if it's not, if it's not helping the team, that's an issue. Hey, what did my man say? And I think Zeke played a lot hurt, but what did my man Byron Jones did. say? What did Byron Jones say? Byron Jones, was been, Byron Jones said he, could, he can't even run or jump no more because of the NFL, all the shots he was taking just to play in the game. And I think, I mean, I just feel like, man, we we can't talk bad about our boy Zeke. We love our boy Zeke, but we don't we don't need him back. But, though, we got some guys we need to be sending home with him today. If we can make the cut today, we got to start restructuring. Hey, hey, still, that's why well, I wanted in the draft. You talking about Tyron? That's why I wanted the guard. It's, it's yeah, too late now. In you can't cut Tyron now. Hey, still, yeah. that's why you don't draft a tight end. You draft a guard because Zach no. Warren getting a little <laughs> longer in the tooth, too. He's no, getting it. a little longer in the tooth, too. Hey, Marco, look, you, 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 you preaching to the gospel from February, right, when <laughs> we were having these conversations. But we can't – it's spilt milk, man. We can't We can't cry over it now. It's here. It, it, we just got to figure still. out how to get to it. it. I hate it still, man. I appreciate you still, brother. I'm, I'm listening, man. I'm out here working, getting some chicken, but I, I appreciate you, brother. I'm listening to the rest of it. Appreciate you still. All right, Marco. Salute. This Be is the blessed. play I was Be talking blessed. about. I, I, I went back and watched this game because I, I just wanted to see us against some top uh, rushing defenses, right? Uh, Cincinnati game and this game. Those, those two teams finished well in, in rush defense. And this play just pissed me off, man. Again, mirrored routes. On the outside, all curls basically is what it is. But you can't see my mouse. But on the inside, inside of C.D. Lamb is Dalton Schultz running a a curl. And not even five yards opposite of him is C.D. Lamb (laughs) running a curl. You want to guess what happened here? You want to guess? Both defenders are just in that area in that zone and and there's a tip pass like in what world when in what world is this helping anybody out and and now i really don't like to bring up curls because curls are going to happen but but there were concepts that were mirrored or flawed concepts in the past game that didn't stretch the defense that didn't pull a safety out or take a lot constantly when watching film and i'm like what is the plan here what is the purpose 
of this route or of this concept. And that's something that you heard Dak bring up, right? Like this is my clear out guy. I need you to do this so that we can get that. Like there was just never a rhyme or reason consistently. And, and but this one pissed me off. It pissed me off. So I didn't think I was going to bring it up today. I, I, I knew some point in time I was going to bring this thing up, but I didn't think it was going to be today. But interesting that he had brought that up. But it was stuff like that that just pissed me off. Nah, Miss Jackie, it wasn't a pick. It was a tip ball. But but what I mean is it 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 brought the linebackers into the equation, and I'm hoping with this new thought process here where. Is check down or touchdown situation. And it felt like last year, Dak was like, through hell or high water, I'm going to try to make this work. As opposed to saying, all right, I'm going to let y'all dilly-dally in the middle. I'm going to just dump it off here. Which goes against everything y'all wanted him to do because it was Dink and Dak, y'all hated it. Now it's, we want you to do more of it. Nonetheless, I don't think the reads ever went touchdown, check down. It was always, and especially in a number system like this, top to bottom, and then if it's not there, check it down. Or in regards to Kellen Moore's scheme, which is this, I'm telling y'all, man, it, I hope I hope for Herbert's sake he has an amazing year. But there really wasn't those type of reads where it was a high-low read. He did have some cool high-low concepts. I talk about the one where they motioned C.D. Lamb over to create a two-by-two two set, and they used Dalton Schultz, this is where you get a good concept, to stretch the safety, and now you got one-on-one, with CD Lamp, it just wasn't done enough, and it was more of those type of things that you saw, where it was like, "What are we doing?" And then you say, "Dak, what are we doing? Why don't screw that, tuck it and run, or or, or dump it off, or something like that?" And it is what it is, though. I digress. I will get one more in here. Four seven eight. What it is? What it do? Uh, yeah, this is Nathan. What's good, Nathan? Uh, yeah, so I was just looking over the uh, Hunter Lupke stats versus yeah. Daryl Johnston. Uh, had just watched the Daryl Johnston 95 game against the Broncos. They used him so well uh, with all the recept- uh, the coverage attention that went to other offensive weapons. Uh, Hunter Lupke is the same kind of guy. He, um, he would get – I'm comparing the stats here. In college, uh, Daryl Johnston had 4.9. Yeah. Hunter uh, had six yards per rush in comparison. Uh, you look at the uh, receiving stats, 10.5 for Daryl Johnson in college, 13 per catch for Hunter. And then you go to scrimmage yards, you're looking between 5.5 per touch and almost seven yards per touch with Hunter Lupke. So can you talk me off the ledge? Why, why is Hunter Lupke not Daryl Johnston uh, comparable? Because... <laughs> He's so impressive. They call Daryl Johnson Moose for a reason. Moose <laughs> yeah. would blow blow it up. You know, he was opening up holes, whether it be on the inside, outside, counters, whatever. He he was wearing neck brace, dipping my head. I'm I'm risking my life for Emmett Smith. He was your traditional fullback that primary that's primary role was to open up holes for him. Whereas Hunter Lipke is kind of more your quasi H back, more Kyle use check. Uh, can tote the ball at a high rate, catch the ball out the backfield, which Moose did that. Moose absolutely caught a lot of passes. Um, and his blocking, was it wasn't his blocking prowess that that has him on the radar. It's kind of him being a, a versatile guy. Uh, so I do think they're different. I think he's more Kyle Juszczyk. Uh Moose Johnson, man, Who I don't even know if there's any more of those around. I, I know 
yeah. for real. I know the I know the Patriots had a guy. Oh, he had a funny name too. I forget his damn name. But they had a guy. I think a Gronkowski. There was a there was a fullback Gronkowski at one point. We tried it with Tyler Klutz, you know. But there's not a whole lot of mooses anymore. I think if they're going to do fullback stuff, you got to be like Kyle Uzcheck. Okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Yeah, I mean, I would love if he wore Moose's number. That'd be kind of cool. But he's more use check, I think. Uh, I am interested when the pads come on because they're going to be doing more thudding. But the, here's here's the thing though about about Lipke, you'll be able to tell where his blocking's at because he's going to block. You know, you can't really tackle these dudes at camp, but you can block. Uh, I watched a whole lot of dudes get whooped or, or or win last year. So I'm really going to keep my eye on his blocking prowess because it's clear that they want to get him involved. Uh, it's a matter of can he handle whatever it is they're asking him from a responsibility standpoint. And I say clear because you don't see an undrafted fullback working with the first team as much as apparently as he was. Y'all ain't right, man. It was a good call. I wonder how long you've been listening. Though. Appreciate the call, man. Because don't take these dudes seriously. The bomb squad's wild. Uh, what isn't there a fullback named Picard? Isn't Picard more Moose Johnson, Keith Smith? It's a couple of them out there, I guess. All right, we good on this front. All right, final call of the day. Unfortunately, we can't really tra- we we can't transition it into to. I want to say name my free pub, but I gotta get Miss Queen up in here. I already know what Miss Queen calling about, but we cannot transition that into my sponsor. So it is what it is. Good morning, Miss Queen. Send us out. Okay. Hi, Sue. And, How and, are you? And let me say it for her so that I can let her go. She stands for Zeke. Just letting y'all know who don't know. So go ahead. I stand for the Cowboys. Not just me. I stand for the Cowboys. And at this time, I feel like um, our team is at a certain point. And I want that tandem, that Tony Pollard-Zeke tandem for this year. You want Um, that healthy tandem. I think. You want that non-worn yes. down Zeke. What happens when he wears down? You want that? Um, that's speculation. How's it speculation? Those are facts. Those are, that has it, happened three it, consecutive years. Fool me once, shame on you. How many times? Is it, he how got many, injured. How many times is it? What, what's the what's the? How many times is it before it's a trend? He got injured. Yeah, he got injured three years in a row. No, two. Three. <laughs> When was the third year? He got injured two years in a row. 2020, ma'am. What did he get injured on, Sky? His knee, ma'am. Because I know he got hit on the mm. knee one year. Then he hyperextended the knee the next mm-hmm. year. Other yeah. than that... He hurt his um, knee in 2020. Where does... 2020, 2021, and 2022. Hey, hey, Trip Aces, I don't know what you're doing over there in the chat with something like that. I don't know how serious you is, but 
I'm gonna keep my professionalism. So you, you might want to clarify what you're talking about in the chat, good brother. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. All right, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. So you got something to say? You can find me on Twitter, and you can come holler at me in the DM. But you say something like that again, you gone. Continue on, Miss Queen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he, he threatened. Do I need, talking about do I need to get my gas? No, no, no. We, we good. My... We, we, oh. we good over here. <laughs> oh, okay, don't so make me have to go get my gas. You know what I'm saying? And hey. I'm from Dallas too. I will get on that plane, I baby. Know, Ms. Queen. I already know, Miss Queen. C- <laughs> carry on, Miss Queen. Carry on, Miss Queen. But, but um, Zeke, um, I'm not supposed to sit up here and and go on this whole big old rant about how Zeke uh is okay, um. I believe that um, he's recuper- he has recuperated. Sure. And I would prefer Bye. that tandem. Don't come back. <laughs> what you saying? Bye to me for? Oh, oh, not you. I'm sorry. This is this this this, this weirdo in the chat talking about something. I'm out. He gone. We're not gonna oh, do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he yeah always so been I would prefer anyway. that tandem. I prefer that tandem, and I believe that um. Uh, it will work well for us this year. Um, I think that a lot of the running was hindered last year with the way that they ran the ball. They did a lot of running out of shotgun. Okay. And so that that messed up the running game all in itself. So I'm, I'm in for bringing Zeke back at least for this year. And I do believe that he's willing to take a lower pay to be here for this 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 awesome thing that we too. got going on this year. I I think that we are going to go to the Super Bowl this year, and we need to have Zeke in there with us. That's all I got to say. I don't. I think he would too. I think he would definitely come back for a lower amount. Uh, and I honestly don't believe he would would fight for a a a a fight against. Let me say this: fight against a reduced role. I it'd be tough. You talk about a guy who's for years been a lead back to, to even see even less carries. It'd probably be tough on his ego and just personally. But I think he'd do it. Okay. I don't have an issue with him well, actually I don't have an issue with him actually taking a reduced role. And I think that's what people like me, I'm I'm not speaking for a guy like Toxic Tom, right? Because there are more people that, be, that believe in that. And I'm not against either side. But if he's going to be back, I think he needs to come back on a in a reduced role as a, a specialty back, right? And the Jones has got to stay out of this, man. I don't care what type of nostalgia or love that they have. Let the coaches do their damn thing. And don't allow politics uh-huh. to get in the way. That's all. That, that's one of the things that scares me the most. Well, um, I don't know if you saw that interview that they had with him and Tony, Tony Pollard. Uh, even last year... Uh, Zeke had came to the conclusion that you know it, the the tandem thing, them sharing the load. Them, yeah, it's it's not you know, Tony, it's not Ezekiel Elliott. That's that politic issue. That's it's the front office. Zeke clearly, yeah. he, he had to accept it. He had no choice but to accept it in 2022 because right. Tony Pollard became the better back and the most productive back on the damn team. Like what? What you? What you really going to say at that point? The way Tony Pollard was playing, right? And then he understood. This is how I right. extend my career, right? It's not him. Right. I absolutely think he would have the mentality to say, "Hey, I'll just be a, a, a complimentary piece or what have you." 
But it, it's the do the coaches even want that? Do the does the front office look at it as, as just that, or do they want to put him in a different role? That is the question that's asked. It's not really about Ezekiel Elliott himself. I think 100% he comes back here. He's like, hey, man, whatever y'all need me to do, I just want to be a part of this. Hmm. Hello? Oh, there she goes. Oh. Huh? I thought you hung up on me. Yeah. But you feel what I'm saying, though? Like, I, I, this isn't about Ezekiel Elliott's mentality in that anymore because he's obviously come around to that. This is about the, the front yeah, office. Yeah. You know? And and the reason why I think it's a legitimate concern is because, again, a guy like Malik Davis, who showed you in his absence, by the way, also TP also showed you in absence, but in his absence that he could handle a little bit more duty, once Zeke came back, you didn't give him that opportunity. And when it came down to it where you actually needed Malik Davis, you didn't give him any opportunity. And that worries me. That's all. Yeah. Well... Uh, I think that they're. I'm, this is my, my last thing I'm going to say. I think they're going to bring Zeke back, um, mainly because they're not doing a lot of talking about it, and he is spending time at the star. Um, and we need him right now for the Super Bowl for number six, and that's all I got to say. All right, Talk Ms. to you later. Appreciate you, Miss Queen. Miss Queen stands. Miss Queen stands. She believes we need Zeke for the Super Bowl. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe you need Zeke. You you can have the conversation of welcoming him back and, and, and being a part, but I don't think it's a necessity. I think we want to see this thing completed with him because it is it would feel weird without an Ezekiel Elliott if the Cowboys are ho- hoisting the Super Bowl trophy. Um, I saw some guy in the chat. In the comments, not even the chat, says something along the lines of, let's not act like Zeke didn't carry the team early. What are we talking about carrying the team five years ago for? Get away from the nostalgic act and think about what is. The, 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 the minute you're able to do that, I think you will understand what I'm talking about here. But I get we are in a state in sports commentary or sports fandom where you are on one side or the other, or you are extreme or not. And you can't just talk about what is without being super extreme on on one end. I figured having a show, it is best to actually talk about both sides of the things, but in fandom, I get it is you suck. You're not good. He's great. He's better. And that's the end of the discussion. And I do sometimes forget that's how it is because I, I have to put on all these damn hats. But guys and girls, we we, we got to come around to this thing. There There is context and there is actual factuals and not just emotions when it comes to every single last one of these players, whether it's your guy or not, because you got to have tough conversations about guys that I consider my guy. That's just the facts, man. That's the facts. <laughs> Appreciate you, Twan. Nah, you know, uh, and if for those who don't know, he, Super he dropped one and said I got the PA dog. And so the dude Trips Aces came on here and said, I hope that you get a helmet hit to your knee. And look, man, there's certain people in this chat that we've I can cut up with. You know what I mean? Let me see who I got. Toxic, uh, Alpha, uh, both Twans is in here. Yeah, it, it, yeah, Twan, the chat's wild. 
uh there's certain people right you know king element brother l that can say certain things because we you know i don't fool with you like that trips i mean we ain't you come in here only time you come in here is to start drama so when you say something like that i need you to clarify yourself <laughs> because if that's what you're going to do in this chat you can go bro you know what i'm saying you can go because that ain't even funny you can't be a part of the bomb squad try to be funny and that's your way of being funny got it bro cj i i, I we on the internet man these these people say crazy things you don't you don't know that's why i don't get when people say crazy things you don't know these people man but for the bomb squad that is here man whether we agree or disagree you enjoy the show please on your way out hit the like button if you want to be a part of the bomb squad and type in things like i hope sky gets hit in the helmet with a with a gets hit in the knee with a helmet you got to be a subscriber <laughs> but just know i ain't scared of you mother just know that i'm coming with the heat can't handle the heat get out the kitchen when it comes to the debates that's all i'm saying it's crazy man go put on these black forces real quick nah but seriously man uh good stuff today if you missed it we talked about the state of the unit this running back uh position and i don't know again i said this months ago there is something about mystery that excites me especially this early like i don't want to have a bunch of mysteries when we get into week four and <laughs> i want to know what's happening but going into camp i'm excited to see what this room look like and it's a bunch of time that if something don't work out you can go ahead and bring somebody else into the fold but run this thing back if you missed it we touched on each and every one of these guys specifically uh from the top to the bottom man from the top to the bottom all right uh let me see what y'all talking about in this chat uh <laughs> toxic get out of here man That, I mean, that's, that, now that's true, Slim. I mean, he said, I'm, I'm sick and tired of idiot fan. Like, I don't like to call y'all that. There's certain times when people, I know y'all remember when dude said trade Michael Parsons. He trade Michael Parsons. That, that is idiotic, man. And I hate to go that far because you can have a crazy ass opinion. I just play, like, hey, dog, how's your opinion? But trade Michael Parsons, that's idiotic. But yeah, you're right. That, that is the only thing that gets on my nerves the most is, is when you saying crazy things tino if i hit the powerball i promise you i would put money in every single last one of y'all super chats or not super chats but uh cash apps and i ain't talking about no little 20 dollars i'm talking about money because y'all been rocking with a boy <laughs> brother l drop one on the way out super chat brother l said brand management sky you solid appreciate it brother he said deals are on the table glad you're not letting redacted appreciate that trick you out of your blessings facts that's what i meant earlier uh landlord like i've worked on my patience i'm still a work in progress i am not perfect i lose my cool from time to time but we're not gonna do that vic if 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 i if, if i had to look if i hit the lot i'm still gonna be talking this is what i love to do i'm just gonna be doing it in that studio vic 100 percent 
Landlord, I actually think you I, I think you'd handle it better than me, man. Because you're really good with words. By the way, by the way, landlord, can you drop that uh for though because we in overtime. Drop drop the link if you got a link to that uh record you did that I don't know if you've shown it on your show or whatnot, but it was on Law Show. Bars. Absolute bars that you have, man. So drop that link if you got it. So everybody go check that out, man. And then clearly he's gonna be in the trap. I, I'd imagine here in a few minutes. So make sure y'all everybody go over there and uh do their thing over at Landlord from Alabama's channel. It absolutely went hard, bro. It went hard. All right, with that said, because we'll be sitting here talking about whatever, man. I appreciate each and every one of y'all that don't want to see a helmet get put on my knee. Love y'all to death. <laughs> you ain't got to like me. Oh, wait till the shirt y'all see tomorrow. This is perfect. You ain't got to like me, but you're going to love them. You're going to learn to love me. No, but seriously, you ain't got to like me, man. You just got to respect me. That's all I have. One thing I talked to this about Brian, I, I realized you're not going to get everybody to like you. Just earn their respect. We out of here. Love y'all. Peace. Probably will have a new schedule, CJ, Friday. Friday. I still be on about three times a week, though. Just, just deciding on the days.